Good morning. We hope you slept well. And uh, I'm certainly appreciating the beauty of the snow on the rooftops and on the ground and at our windows. So it kind of adds a new layer of softness and quietness to the to the day, so we can enjoy that. Is there anyone not hearing me in the back? Which means that you wouldn't be able to hear me if I, when I asked, but is the sound okay? Great, thanks. So this morning we'll be starting uh, our instructions And as it's the first day, uh, we'll be starting with the practice of mindfulness. And we do that so that we can arrive and gather our energy and our attention. When we come to retreat, we come from our busy lives, and I always have this uh, image of roadrunner, right? And in the cartoons, you always see roadrunner running like crazy. And then something stops him and he kind of screeches to a halt right before he goes over the cliff, right? And it always, first day of retreat always feels that way to me. As if something has uh, come to bring my attention to how fast and busy and a little bit crazy life is. And that our first day of retreat is like that. We're uh, coming, we're learning to stop, to listen, to see, to gather our attention. And of course it may be imperfect. So we can have some kindness and um, tenderness, softness in how we practice. We, so our practice of loving kindness is not um, really set aside, but it becomes the quality of heart that we bring to each moment. So the practice of mindfulness. Uh, Can I see hands for anyone who has never done mindfulness practice or Vipassana practice? Okay. Did I see a hand over there? No. Okay. So as as you probably know, the practice of mindfulness is bringing the gathering all of our energy and arriving here. And we establish first a posture that supports that, encourages that, and reminds us, continues to remind us from moment to moment 
what we are doing. So allow your, your posture to be relaxed, at ease, and yet alert and upright. And one way of doing that is to allow the base of your body from the waist down to be connected to the earth. So if you're sitting on a chair, allow your feet to be parallel in front of you. And if you're unable to touch the floor, you can, after this sitting period, get a cushion to support your feet. And if you're on a cushion, to allow a triangular base to form. So that means sitting sufficiently forward on your round cushion, the zafu, to allow the the knees to fall uh, naturally onto the square cushion, the zabutan. Again, if that's not possible for you, after this sitting, you're certainly welcome to get whatever props and uh, supports are necessary. Because if your knees are up, it will be very difficult to um, relax and eventually it will start to hurt if you have to spend the whole time uh, holding the knees up. The upper body is the kind of template for our attentiveness. So if you can allow the chest to be somewhat open without the back becoming overstretched or overstressed, and the spine to be erect and upright with the natural curve at the sacrum, a kind of... uh, constant balancing between this ease and alertness is really helpful. And to put your hands in a place where uh, they won't have to fidget. So again, finding an easy way for the hands to be either on top of the knees with the palms down or palms up on one on top of the other with the thumbs touching or just grasping the thumb with the opposite hand and wrapping the hand around the other hand. What sometimes happens when we bring attention to an alert uh, spine or erect spine is things get overstretched. So just be careful and, and be attentive to that. And if you find yourself either becoming too overstretched or too slumped down, bring balance so that you're always in the middle with the posture. Notice the shoulders, if they've, bec- they've hiked up to the ears, and allow them to relax. And one way I do that is to allow my arms to get a little bit heavy. 
just to bring the shoulders down. And if that doesn't work, bring the shoulders down from the angel wings. It's helpful to allow the crown of the head, the very top of the head, to be just slightly reaching for the sky, to connect. It's like there's an invisible string connecting the top of the head to the heavens, to the skies. And you can tuck the chin slightly so that the back of the neck is lengthened. And if there's anywhere that feels overstretched or overstressed or tight or holding or grasping, notice that in the body. And it might be possible to just allow a bit of relaxation in that place, or perhaps not. Perhaps it's a tightness that is hard to uh, dissipate or dissolve. If you can, allow it to dissolve. That's great. And if not, notice the feeling of that tightness and approach it with some tenderness and care rather than with um, vilification or judgment or rancor. And to approach the whole body in that way as, as if you're taking care of a baby that kind of gentleness and kindness and attentiveness that you would pay. In paying attention in this way to the body, you may notice brings our attention here because the body is always in the present moment. And this practice of mindfulness is bringing the attention here to this present moment with balance. So allowing the body to be the template for that. And during the sitting, you may notice that the body tightens up again out of the habits that have been established. And you can let, let it go again. Mm. Notice what's happening. And in paying attention to the body, In a way, we arrive here, molecule by molecule. It's the first day that we sit together. So see if you can let go of any expectations or ideas about what should happen or what will happen. And simply bring the attention to how it is right now. And so 
this mindfulness practice is gathering attention. And we use, as Sharon said last night, the agency of the breath to bring us into the present moment. And we come to the present moment, as I said, with no expectations or ideas, but simply to meet and uh, embrace what is here now. And we pay attention to the breath and, and we do the best we can to pay attention to the movement of the breath, of the breathing in the body. And yet, other uh, phenomena, other experiences may draw the attention. So, for instance, there's a sound outside that might be pulling the attention. Or there may be sensations in the body, sounds in the body, thoughts in the mind, emotions, anger, fear, desire, or states of mind, a kind of sluggishness or sleepiness may happen because we are like roadrunners stopping. Or there may be a kind of uh, nervous energy, a kind of restlessness that happens. All of these, the sensations, the sounds, the emotions, the thoughts, can all be met with loving mindfulness. If they are not pulling the attention, we allow the attention to stay with the breath and we allow these experiences to stay in the background. But if they pull the attention and they feel predominant as if they are coming to the fore, we can let go of the breath and see the process of these uh, experiences and do the best we can not to be caught by the content of them, but just to notice fear or anger or happiness or joy or um, uh, peace or uh, sleepiness or restlessness and we recognize them and we pay attention to them, to how they are in the body and in the mind, in the heart. And then when we, when they naturally dissolve of their own uh, force and momentum, we let them go and we come back to the breathing in the body. Now, paying attention, as Sharon uh, instructed last night, to the, to the breath, we gather our attention around this one breath right now. And we can pay attention to where it's most noticeable for you, where it's most distinct. So perhaps that's at the nostrils. Perhaps that's at the chest. 
or the belly or the full body breathing. So just notice that for a moment, where it is. Just notice this, this breath that's right here, not the breath, breath that went before or the breath that's coming up, but just this breath right now. So this, or even this half breath, this in-breath. You feel it where the air is coming in and out at the top of the lip, right outside of the nostrils, or at the chest, or at the belly. You choose that place for this sitting that will allow the attention to be gathered, all of the scattered attention that we have to be gathered and placed in this one place. And the important moment in meditation is when the breath, when the, 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 the attention wanders away, is pulled away by these thoughts or emotions or sensations, and we notice that we've been gone. And we're able, as Sharon said last night, to let go and return to the breath. And again, this one breath right now. Not leaning forward into the next breath or holding on to the last breath. But just being here right now. And to remember that we're arriving. And it doesn't matter if the attention falls away from the present moment a thousand times and we're in memory or planning or scheming or fantasy. Again, the the moment that is really key in meditation is this moment when we notice, oh, gone. And we're able to bring the attention back to this present moment without judgment or analysis or commentary or rancor or annoyance. And we're just here, just here, this breath, this breath.
this breath. Just one note, what's helpful to um, stay with the process of experience rather than the content of experience is you can, some people um, like to use a note, a small note in the mind of what is actually happening, the process of what's happening, thinking or hearing, or joy, or anger, sadness. And to notice and feel it in the body, how it is in the body, or perhaps notice the emotion that's arising, just how that feels in the body and in the mind in the heart and notice that it comes and goes. We can allow things to come and go, to arise and pass away without holding on to anything, without trying to make anything happen or stay or go away. just of knowing what is true right now, what is present. And being able to let go when it goes and return again and again and again to this present moment, this breath.
So this is the practice that we'll be doing uh, today, which we establish as a support for the uh, loving-kindness practice that we will uh, start tomorrow. And in a way, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful ground uh, because even as we go into loving kindness, we've, we'll be the uh, mindfulness practice trains the mind when we get lost to come back, to come back, to come back. So the anchor of the breath is uh, what we use to train in the mindfulness practice. And as we start in the uh, loving kindness practice, we will move to the phrases. And this morning we'll be also um, working with walking, where we'll move from using the breath as the anchor of anchor in the present moment to the footsteps, the movement of the body. And the principle is the same throughout, that we gather our attention. Whatever, where it's scattered, we gather it and place it in this present moment through these different anchors. And it's very supportive for the practice that we'll be doing with loving kindness. So, and with respect to posture, Eowyn and I will be um, doing some work with anyone who would like help with their posture this afternoon after the 2.15. Uh, sitting. So we have time for some questions before we do the walking practice instructions. And we'll do questions every morning at this time. Uh, And just know that if you've got questions, uh, that probably half of the room also has exactly the same question. So you don't need to worry about that. Yes, please. So the question, he says that uh, he finds it easier to do mindfulness practice walking in the woods with his dog than actually sitting in in practice. And so he wants me to speak to the essentialness of formal practice. So one of the uh, qualities of mind that the formal practice trains is concentration. And it's not that uh, when, we're, when we're practicing in daily life, we're practicing when we're, and actually the formal practice doesn't really end at our cushion. The formal practice is really 24 7. 
you know, but of course it requires a bit of refinement to practice while we're sleeping, practice while we're eating, practice while we're going to the toilet, practice while we're taking a shower, practice while we're talking to our kids or our parents, practice while we're in a difficult meeting in the office. What I found in my own experience is that the many hours that I've clocked on the cushion where I notice I'm, I'm more likely to notice when my attention has wandered than when I'm uh, feeding my cat or um, doing whatever other daily uh, chores I have that those uh, obvious moments on the cushion when I notice, oh, I've been gone for a long time. And that ability right there in that moment to bring the attention back and to bring it back deeply. There's a level of mindfulness that I've noticed is uh, trained in the, in the formal practice where the mindfulness is, where there's an ability for the attention to really drop more deeply. And I think in the, in the text, they use the, um, the analogy of a cork and a, and a stone, that our mindfulness can stay at the level of the cork on the water, where it just is kind of skimming on the water, or it can really drop down like a stone down into the riverbed or into the uh, bed of the ocean. And there's, an, there's a way in which the attention accumulates and the ability to drop the attention accumulates on the, on the cushion when there's an intentional um, cultivation of mindfulness that's different when we're in the midst of activity. But what happens is because of that ability to, to drop and to be and to deepen and to find that place of concentration then carries into all of the all of the activities of daily life, especially when we get into difficulty. Because it can be really difficult to stay mindful when things are difficult. So Walking the dog in the woods is a really kind of pleasant thing, right? And so we have an ability to be present, to remember to be present, and to actually enjoy that and feel the beauty of what's around us and and pay attention to it. It's a little harder when things get rough to stay present to what's actually happening internally and externally. And so the, the formal practice uh, allows us to really deepen our ability to stay here because, you know, on the cushion, it's not like our lives stop, right? The mind is still producing, excreting all of these thoughts and ideas and emotions and feelings. And, and there's, a, there's a clarity because we've kind of um, stopped everything else around it. So there's a an ability to really laser, hone in laser-like. And that trains the mind. The neuroscientists are telling us that every time we do that, we wear new neural pathways in. 
and then it becomes so that it becomes like a new habit of mind. So yes, please continue to be mindful during all of the activities of life and know that the hours that you spend on the cushion are um, really kind of the spade work, the prep work, the training of the mind to be here, whatever is, whatever is happening and whatever is true. And I just want to say something about um, sleepiness or low energy that might arise for you during the day, because it's the first day and we're still settling in, we're still arriving here. So what you may notice, uh, you know, and, and the first day of retreat is always humbling, no matter how long you've been retreating or how much experience you have or how little experience you have, it's always humbling because uh, we're settling in, the body is still tired maybe, we're still thinking about what we've left undone or what may, have, what may still be unresolved at home. But there's an, there's an energy that might come of real low energy. And we're going to talk about um, what we call the hindrances or the obstacles to meditation. I'll I'll talk tomorrow night about that. Uh, But in the meantime, these first couple of days, know that if that happens, it's not a mistake. And it's not that um, you're doing something wrong, or it shouldn't be this way, or your energy should be better. But that it's one of the um, things that happen to most of us, if not all of us, when we practice. And there are ways that are recommended of working with it. One way is it's perfectly fine to stand up to, or to open your eyes and let some light in, let some energy into the body. Or stand up and just the, just the act of standing up in the hall and uh, you know, having to not fall over and things like that will really get your attention, right? And that will produce some energy. And just notice um, when the energy returns and then you can sit down again. And if you get sleepy again, stand up again. It's perfectly fine. Um, you can, I'm going to be giving you some instructions on walking meditation in a couple of moments. And just to know that the walking meditation is, um, is a really beautiful way to balance the energy. Because it, it brings circulation to the body, it brings attention to the body, it brings energy to the body. And if we just sit and sit and sit and sit, the energy can sink. But if we, if we balance our sitting meditation with walking meditation, you'll find that your energy more easily balances. It won't be perfect, but there will be a, a better balance to the energy if you use the walking meditation. How many of you have not done walking meditation before? Oh my goodness. That's great. So then you know that um, how, how it does balance the energy. And 
you know, I, I know a lot of people sometimes say, well, it's, you know, just time for a cup of tea or, you know, I'll just kind of hang out in between and just wait for the real thing, which is the sitting meditation. But the Buddha said that we, we practice mindfulness in four postures, sitting, walking, standing, and lying down. And so the, the walking meditation is a wonderful uh, balance for energy, and it's also a bridge into life activity. So it's an important practice, and I hope that you will undertake it, even if in the beginning it feels a little awkward or it feels um, strange or alien, uh, to really uh, take it to heart. And what I've noticed uh, in a lot of the time is many of the insights that come in insight meditation, for me, comes in walking meditation. There's something about um, feeling a, a bit more relaxed, not quite as tight. And so the mind opens and, and gets a bit more easy. And so um, there's, a, there's a depth that comes and an ability to see clearly that comes in walking meditation. Can't guarantee it, but um, you know, that's certainly been my experience. So I recommend it highly and especially and if you especially if you're feeling any sleepiness or drowsiness or lack of energy, the walking meditation will really be of help. So I'd like to start um, to uh, do the walking meditation by really paying attention to how you shift, how you transition from sitting to walking or to stand in, to standing. Let's start just with that transition. So as you're getting up, just notice first that you have an intention to arise and how the body obeys. And uh, take it slowly, just like with all of our other transitions, and pay attention just notice if the mind note if the mind imagines the body standing and goes there or if you can actually keep your attention on every moment on every moment moment by moment as you move from this seated posture to the standing posture because it's a template uh, it's a metaphor for all of the transitions that we have uh, during the day and transitions are the places where we can really lose our mindfulness, so it's worth paying attention. So let's arise. And just notice if you weren't able to pay attention, right? And just notice what it feels like for the body now to be standing, just the posture of standing. And when we pay attention in standing and walking, uh, what's really, we shift the attention from the breath down to the contact of the feet with the floor. So pay attention to that and just notice what it's like for the feet to contact the floor. Is there temperature? Is there hardness? Is there vibration? Is there movement? 
fluidity, solidity. How is it for you? Just let, let's hear a couple of words about what you feel. Just shout them out. What do you feel as you notice the feet? Grounded. Unsteady. Unsteady. So just notice the, how the body really wants to move. It doesn't really want to stand uh, you know, stiff. But there's a certain fluidity and a movement about the body that happens involuntarily. Thank you. Supported. Puffy. Do you feel the hardness of the floor if you're standing on the cushion, the softness of the cushion? Can you feel that? So pay it, really pay attention, particularly to what you're feeling, to what the body feels like. And as we move from standing to walking, um, you know, if you're a really hardy soul and you really want to wake up, you could go outside. I suspect most of you will want to stay inside. And there are walking rooms downstairs and in the annex, and there's a walking room out here. And um, I think, Eowyn, do you know? Or I think we still allow people to walk in the dining room, right? Yeah. 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 So you can walk in the dining room. Just avoiding the cooks. Yeah. Yeah. So just be mindful of the cooks doing their work. And you want to find a place that's, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 steps. And as you know, we're just walking back and forth. We're not taking a wonderful, beautiful walk around the center or noticing, you know, what's happening with the snow. But we're really paying attention right here in this moment to the movement of the body and the contact of the feet with the floor. And you can walk um, uh, at any pace that the body dictates. Don't feel as if you have to walk more slowly than anybody else. You've all done walking meditation, so you know how that is, the comparing mind that says, oh, he's much slower than I am. I'm going to have to slow down. Oh, she looks really great. Right? She must be really in some kind of um, nibbana state. Right? What happened to me? You know, let go of all of that. And just allow um, this feeling of the body moving through space. So as you know, we lift. So notice how the body, when it has an intention to, to walk, it shifts the weight. And then there's a lifting of the opposite foot. So just do that right now. So shift the weight. And as you shift, what I noticed is you all shifted really fast. So shift but feel the shifting and then lift the opposite foot and move it and place it. And as you do each of those three steps, really feel what lifting, moving and placing feels like. And you can use a a small note of lifting, moving, placing. I find in my own practice that when I do that, it really grounds my attention much more quickly. So lifting, moving, and placing. Feel the placing. That it, if you really pay attention, especially to that part of the walking um, 
what you'll find is that you'll get grounded, as some people said, much more quickly. And the, the rhythm of your walking starts to get established much more quickly if you're really paying attention to that connection and that contact with the floor. And as you know, you go to the end and you stand again when you stop. And as you stand, really pay attention to the body. What does the body feel like having moved and now stopped? And you can even do a body scan to begin with, like start with the top of the head and go all the way down to the feet and really feel the hands and the arms and the chest and the back and the buttocks and the perineum and all of the places in the body. What do they feel like when they're standing? What do they feel like when they're moving? But you're paying, obviously, the anchor is the lifting, moving, placing, and then the stopping and the turning and the lifting, moving, placing. And really allow the body to tell you what the pace, what, what the appropriate pace is, which of course will shift from day to day, from moment to moment. Uh, even in one walking, I've found sometimes I want to start slowly and then I speed up and then I'll slow down or I'll start fast and slow down. It really depends on your energy and how you want to do that. So are there any questions about walking? Thank you. So the hands can be, um, I, I learned walking meditation, what's called kinhin and zen, so I sometimes will do the, the, the zen pose. But it, it can be at your side, it can be behind you, it can be in front of you. Find a comfortable in all of these, whether it's sitting, walking, standing, uh, whatever you're doing, find the most comfortable place for all of the parts of your body and really pay attention to them so that there's so that you don't have to fidget you don't have to keep wondering what to do with all of these different parts but allow the uh, allow um, the information to kind of get fed back to you as to what works and of course today's a really great day for experimentation because it's your first day so see if, you know, do one walking period with your hands in front, another with your hands behind you, and see how it works for you. Yes? I find myself um, when I'm trying to going back to my breath a lot, because I'm used to the breathing on the cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you have any tips for... Yes, so she's finding that that her attention keeps going back to the breath because that's what she's used to. So um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, And some people actually teach, I think Bhante Gunaratana teaches um, uh, cueing the breath with with the steps. I find that a little difficult myself. But for some people, it really helps. It helps their rhythm and it helps their walking. So what I would say is, um, if, you, if you're going to stay with the breath, then stay with the breath. If you're, you can try one period in which you just really, every, every time the breath presents itself as the, um, as the major focus, to, come, to allow that and see if it dissolves and come back to the feet. It's just the same thing as you know, any of the anchors, whether it's the meta phrases that we'll use, or the breath, 
or the feet, the anchor, is a way of gathering the energy and allowing the attention to settle in. So, and what happens is the mind flies off, right? All kinds of other things. So it's the same thing with the walking. When the breath presents itself, it becomes the more predominant thing. But if we don't hold tight to it, it may dissipate or dissolve as the predominant object and we can let it go. So at that moment, that's a really important moment in your walking meditation. When you notice the breath has taken over, you allow it to be there, you allow it to dissipate, and you come back to the anchor. Because walking meditation is a way of really transitioning into mindfulness in life. So you may want to just see if you can play with that and experiment. Okay? And so um, we're, we have, you, you have two choices. Mm-hmm. One is um, to do your walking meditation, or as you know, at 9.30, every day we'll have yoga. And so you have the choice of doing either the yoga or the walking meditation. So I know Eowyn described some of, uh, described the yoga last night. Are there any questions from that or anything that you want to ask of her? Particularly any practical questions. Was anything unclear in terms of the, uh, you know, it's it's a first time, right, to go downstairs and find your way. And so just wanting to be sure that you all feel like you had all the tools, so to speak, that you need to do that, you know, where to go and, yeah. Yes, please. Yes, you can go right down the back stairs. And in fact, if you go down the back stairs and into the lower walking room, you'll see where the mats are. Where It doesn't matter which way you go. You can go either way. But if you go down the front stairs, when you come into the room, it won't be immediately obvious. The mats are around the corner in a cupboard to your left, or they're in the small little yoga room uh, adjacent. So was there another hand over there, somebody? Same question? Okay, that's good. Uh, and, you know, just to, to say that um, we'll have a little bit less time today for the yoga. And nevertheless, there's no need to hurry to get downstairs, you know? There's nothing actually, in some ways, everything is changing, right? Your position of your body's changing, your location is going to change, the activity that you're going to do is changing, either movements with me or, or walking movements. Um, but it, on another level, nothing at all is changing. This process of touching back, you know, of, of um, collecting the attention can happen all the way to the yoga. It will be instructed all the way through the yoga and all the way back up. So please, just an encouragement to have that be primary. Uh, we're so don't know about you, but I'm often driven like, oh my God, I got to get there. This is my steering wheel, (laughs) right? Uh, So you don't have to do that here. Please feel welcome to take your time uh, and we will um, endeavor to enjoy what's what's right here right now. And that just reminds me to, to remember that one of the most important things on a retreat is to really have a continuity of practice. Just as we were saying, you know, what's the, what's the value of this practice in retreat is that we get the opportunity to really practice, practice intensively and train the mind. So the continuity is really important to not come into the, to, to the hall, sit, and then go outside and kind of space out. 
but really in every moment in the transitions to to pay attention as easily and as um, diligently and as steadfastly as you can so that you what you're doing is you're accumulating a kind of store of mindfulness that will serve you really deeply so as Eowyn saying when when you're going to yoga to really pay attention to the body moving yeah. towards the yoga and yeah. and pay attention to the mind and how the mind is wanting to rush and moving you on and really just paying attention to whatever is arising without criticism or judgment, but really adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. Okay, thank you. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.